Hi everyone, welcome back to Daily Manna, where we're learning to feed on the Word of God chapter by chapter. My name is Mark, and today I'll be covering 1 John chapter 1. Now these last books in the New Testament were written by the Apostle John, who wrote the Gospel of John. And in all his writings from the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and in the book of Revelation, John's writings had an emphasis on a divine life. So I'll cover chapter 1 today, which is just 10 verses, but it's really packed. And it's even mysterious. It's not something we just want to understand with our mind when we read these verses, but we also want to be able to touch the life and be able to receive the experience and the application of this divine life. So in the first two verses, the Apostle John says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we beheld and our hands handled, concerning the word of life. Verse 2. And this life was manifested, and we have seen and testify and report to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. So these first two verses talk about this divine life. I want to mention that in the Gospel of John, John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us, and we beheld His glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and reality. So in the Gospel of John, he was writing about the Lord Jesus, God coming to be a man. This is the word of life we see in verse 1. And now in this epistle, this life is in us. This life is manifested, as we see in verse 2. So there's a divine life, which is different from our physical life or from our psychological life, but this is God's life. And then moving on to verse 3 and 4, he continues, That which we have seen and heard, we report also to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Verse 4, And these things that we write, that our joy may be made full. So we have the divine life, which is God Himself. And in these two verses, in verses 3 and 4, we see the matter of the divine fellowship. What is fellowship? Fellowship is not just talking about things because we have a common interest, but this is really the flowing of God Himself flowing among us, because we as believers have received His life, and there is now a continual flowing from God Himself, from God the Father, with His Son, Jesus Christ. We can also see this matter of fellowship supported when the Apostle Paul himself said in 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So this fellowship of the divine life is the fellowship of the Spirit, that we have with one another, and that we have with God. So it's wonderful that we receive the divine life, and we also have the divine fellowship. But in the remainder of this chapter, starting in verse 5 and even going on into the next chapter, we see that there is the condition of the divine fellowship. And this is what I want to emphasize, that we have God's life, and this life is a life relationship that can never be broken, that can never be taken away. Once we've received Him, We cannot unreceive. We cannot be unregenerated or unborn. However, in our experience after being a Christian, our fellowship, that is the flowing that I was talking about, our enjoyment of Him, it can be disrupted. You know, in verse 4 it says, We write these things that our joy may be made full. Our being a Christian as a believer should be a joyful life. But sometimes we may not be that joyful. Our life within may not be so buoyant, and that is because our fellowship can be disrupted. So again, to repeat, our life relationship with God, 
the life we receive from God can never be taken away. But our fellowship with God, that really implies our living, our Christian life, our enjoyment can be disrupted. And this is very practical. We just realize that as believers, after we receive Christ as our life, the Lord's precious blood washes us. We're cleansed. We have a new life. But this does not mean that we've achieved a state of permanent perfection, that we will never sin again. We have this nature within us. Even this is just Satan personified. This is a fallen nature in us. We see in verse 5, God is light. And as we enjoy God's life, there is a divine fellowship. And in this divine fellowship, either with God or with one another, we get God's shining. Verse 5 says, God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. I don't know if you've had this experience, but sometimes we're just with other believers, and you just realize it's not like they just told you something that you did wrong, but just by being around them, or just having a simple conversation, having fellowship, there's a shining of God. Or as you're in the Word, or simply enjoying the Lord, God as light, because God is light, shines on us. And not in a condemning way, but it just exposes our sins. And then that brings us to verse 7. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from every sin. This is very practical here. Our fallen nature causes us to sin and to disrupt the fellowship, to break the conditions of having the divine fellowship. But we realize we have a way to be cleansed from every sin. It doesn't take a lot for the fellowship to be disrupted. It could even just be a thought that we have. But the way to restore that fellowship is so simple. We can just confess our sins. Verse 9 goes on to say, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. To confess here is just to agree, to repeat, to just say the same thing and acknowledge our sin. Of course, we don't go looking for the sins that we've committed to be introspective. But it's just as we open to the Lord, as we walk in the light, God would shine on us. He enlightens our conscience, which is a part of our spirit. And then we're just faithful to say, Amen, Lord. That's right. I'm sorry, Lord. I need to go and take care of this matter. I need to go and apologize to this person. And this is how we can apply the blood of Jesus, His Son. And the Lord is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Going back to verse 7, When he says the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from every sin. This word cleanses in the Greek denotes something continual. So that means that we don't have to wait for a certain time to be cleansed. We just stay in the light and we can apply the blood whenever our conscience is enlightened. You know, the Apostle Paul, his testimony was that he exercised to have his conscience void of offense before God and man. This is in Acts 24, 16. Before God and before man, if there's anything between We should be faithful by the Lord's grace and supply to confess. And through this, we're able to go on. You know, the things we've talked about so far are kind of in a cycle. There's God's life, and through His life, we can have fellowship. It's only by being believers in Christ, through God's life, that we can have fellowship with one another. Then in this fellowship with God and with those who have God's life, we're enlightened because He is light. There's the shining. And through His shining, we realize we're short. And there's certain things we need to take care of. And so then we have the precious blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, which cleanses us. But as we're washed and cleansed, this actually results in our receiving more light, which brings in more fellowship and more light, and again, more cleansing of His blood. 
This is such a wonderful cycle that helps us go on in our Christian life. We don't need to be discouraged that we continue to make mistakes, but we realize that through this, the Lord is bringing us on in our growth in life through this process, through this life cycle. So I hope that through these verses, we can see a window of how we can experience a divine life. We can never lose our salvation. But in our practical experience, we can lose the fellowship. And so we need to take care of these conditions. We are in the light. We confess our sins and are cleansed by the blood. And then we continue enjoying the divine life, the divine fellowship, and being in the light, taking his blood. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for tuning in and keep enjoying the Bible.